Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I tell you, I never felt like I, I would ever just get tired, and, and not tired of it mentally, like I don't want to do this anymore, but so t physically tired that I couldn't worship anymore. But I tell you what, that last night of that conference, I was like, if we have to stand up and praise the Lord one more time, I, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do? Well, we were wore out, but hey, if you're going to be wore out doing something, that might as well be praising God. So we're thankful for it today. want to read a couple of verses of Scripture as we jump back into this uh, lesson on the posture of a disciple. And uh, throughout, you know, we had our kids' service last week, which was tremendous. And uh, with uh, Abigail and Annabelle receiving the Holy Ghost, we were so thrilled about that today. That, that was so wonderful. And I, are they still planning on being, being baptized today in Jesus' name? So we're excited about that. And man, God's good. God's doing great things. This uh, kids, young people, it doesn't matter. Hey, it's all coming. People are going to be getting baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, and we're excited about it. But we want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I want to hear him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, we need to mature in our walk with God and mature as disciples of Jesus Christ. And so we've been studying some things we must do. Last lesson, we talked about. We don't want to be just informed. We need to be transformed. And so uh, I don't want to just know that there's a way out. I want to take the way out. I, wanna, I want to, uh, my life to be changed for the better. And so today we will talk about uh, beyond separation. Beyond separation. Acts 7, 6, and 7, uh, Stephen was preaching his message and he was referring to the children of Israel and their deliverance when he said, And God spake on this wise that his seed should sojourn in a strange land. That was prophesying of Israel going to Egypt and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil 400 years. And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said God. And after that shall they come forth and serve me in this place. And so today we're going to talk about, as a disciple, what we do has to go beyond separation. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. And I'm thankful that you called us out of darkness into marvelous light, your marvelous light. And Lord, today help us to receive this word into our hearts that we can grow, be changed, made better. And Lord, be ready to work for you in this world and then hear well done in the world to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him one more hand clap and a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Got to be something more. You can be seated. Uh, there's no doubt that separation is a part of our doctrine. We know that we must come out. The scripture says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And, I, and that is something that we uh, have to have in our walk with God. We cannot uh, win this world being like the world. However, we cannot simply be born again and then never do anything with what God has empowered us with. Because if we are born again, we are more than just blood washed and our sins rolled away. We have been filled with the Holy Ghost, which is power. And the Lord said that you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Samaria and all these different places. And so we know that 
Uh, God did not give us the Holy Ghost so that we could stand around with other Holy Ghost-filled people and simply talk in tongues. He did not give us the Holy Ghost so we could tell stories about miracles we heard many years ago and feel chill bumps and that be all that we have. He put the Holy Ghost in us so that we could be a witness, a soul winner, a disciple maker, more than just leading someone to salvation, but then developing them uh, in the Lord. Because let me tell you, you, you're never more perfect than when you are born again. You're just like a brand new baby. Your, your sins are washed away. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. If God came, boom, you're out of here. But guess what? There's going to be a life to live once you're born again. And so not only is it essential that we are born again, washed in the blood and filled with the Spirit, but we must also live a life after this separation. After God calls us out of the world and fills us and cleanses us and and uh, he begins to develop us. We cannot just stay babies in the Lord. We must mature as disciples. We are disciples because we do what the Word of God says. People need to see what's going on in our life. We can't just say, it's not enough to say, well, I'm a Christian, but how, how do they know? The Bible says we are the trees of righteousness. But Scripture tells me, and we, and we wear that badge proudly. We should, the planting of the Lord. But it also says that a tree would be known by the fruit it bears. It can't just be a tree with leaves. It's got to have fruit. And uh, so if we are disciples and we are trees, we're a disciple tree. Guess what kind of fruit we should be producing? Disciples. Come on now. We love the Lord. We walk after him. We want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Jesus is the greatest disciple maker ever. Called 12, 12 men Followed him for, they followed him for three and a half years and he taught them and poured into them, rebuked them, was friends with them, scared them half to death sometimes, did all kinds of things. They thought they would die following him, but let me tell you, he made some men that turned the world upside down. And so if I'm going to be like Jesus, I'm going to be a disciple maker. Might as well, I think to mature, what's going to have to happen is that we are going to have to reevaluate what we think about uh, our role in the kingdom because we are more than just uh, inviting people to church kind of people. You've got to develop somebody. I've said it before. You can't, this ain't daycare. You can't invite your friends and drop them off for the pastor to watch. If they become members of the church, well, then I'll be the pastor in their life. But you invited them. You want them. You teach them a Bible study and you can baptize them in Jesus name. You've been called out of darkness into marvelous light. You've been empowered with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You can tell somebody how to live for God. You can show, you should be able to anyway, to show them how to live. You ought to be able to go into scripture and show them what to do. There's got to be something else that's going to happen. When we, uh, the opening scripture, talking about Israel, he, he brought them out of Egypt, but he didn't just, Drop them off on the other side of the Red Sea. He had a plan. It's not enough for you to be separated. I want you to come into the place that I want you to be, and I want you to do the things that I want you to do. But Israel had a problem with that. They seemed to mess that up. But when you think about uh, Joshua and Caleb, how when uh, they were in that generation of Israel that uh, it was time to go spy out the promised land, and so these two guys along with 10 others, they go in and they're seeing 
all the fruits of the land and how great it is. They're, they're seeing all the scary stuff too, the giants and things like that, but they're not worried because this is where God wants us to go. And, and God's got more than just me coming out of Egypt. He's got a place for me to be where we can become a people. And so, uh, but unfortunately, 10 of the guys came back and said, no way. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. They'll eat that land. That land will eat people up. There's no, if we go there, it's over. We're done. So Israel, you know, the, the, the people followed them and they backed out of it. So God let them wander 40 years. Except Caleb and Joshua would be back. How do you think those 10 guys that went with them felt as they started, as they maybe lay on their deathbed and they watched Joshua and Caleb just as strong as ever? I wonder how they felt with these guys who were, I'm as strong as I ever was. I'm ready to go. We can take the land. They were just... And now here's this whole generation passing away and watching Joshua and Caleb live on, live on, and live on. And so it took 40 years for Joshua and Caleb to get back to that place. But these two men didn't only leave Egypt and walk through the wilderness. Now they were about to step into their destiny. And God honored their faith from that first, before that 40 years. And then he allowed them to help fulfill his plan for Israel. God's got a plan for us. It's not just, hey, get saved and get to heaven. That's, you know, that's, he, he died to save us. I, I got no arguments with that. But he also made us the body of Christ. He made us the bride. He says in his word that we are workers together with him. And if this world has any hope of being transformed, we can't just pray and, and just hope. God, that they trip up and land in an altar somewhere. Oh, that some, Lord, send somebody by there. Why don't we get it in our spirit? Lord, here am I, send me. The church really used to grab hold of that, you know, that old song, that old hymn, lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me. It was more than just a song that made you cry at the altar, but it was like your, your prayer. God, I, I want to reach somebody. I want somebody to have what I've got. I want somebody to, to experience this Jesus that saved me and changed me. And, and so, but, but for that to happen, think about your experience. You didn't just come in a church one day and, oh, wow, that's a great message. And you fell down and prayed and ran to the water, baptized, filled the Holy Ghost, and then you just became who you are all by yourself. Somebody invited you out to eat. Somebody invited you to another service or to a youth outing or something like that. Somebody spent time with you, met you for lunch, met you for coffee. Somebody taught you a Bible study. Somebody prayed with you in the altar, sat with you in church, just kept pouring into you and, and preaching to you and teaching to you and loving you and helping you and being there for you. And it got you to where you are today. It, if you can say, I'm a disciple, you didn't get there by yourself. Somebody discipled you. Because being born again don't automatically make you a disciple. A disciple is a follower. And I've seen plenty of people get born again, walk out to church and never see them again, wonder what happened. It was like, whoo, that one time was enough. That was all I could handle. And they, whew, I've seen people, oh, well, I can say this, I have baptized people and never seen them again. And then the Lord didn't transport them away either. <laughs> they just never come. I'm telling you, there was a girl here one night in that old building 
preaching on baptism, man, she come up and said, I want to do that. I want to get baptized. Baptized and never came to another service. Hadn't been to one yet. I don't even know her name anymore. I, don't, I can't remember who she was. But hey, you know, uh, we need to disciple people. It's got to be more than just, wow, I'm out of darkness. I'm sin free and I'm going to stand over here like a statue. Look at me. It's got to be more than that. It's, now it's time. You know, it talks about putting your hand to the plow. There's going to be some work involved, man. You're going, all right, I got to break up some ground. I got to get, get down here and get involved. I got to, it's going, it's going to be tiring sometimes. It's going to ache sometimes. There's going to be some, some, some rough patches sometimes. But if I just keep plowing that gospel, you know, just, I, I'm going to reap a harvest myself. There's a harvest field. And the Lord said, look, do you see all this? It's ready to harvest. Where's the laborers? Pray for laborers for the harvest. I need somebody to go out there and disciple people. I need somebody to go now. You know, Jesus said, the things that I do, you're going to do. Well, now, you're right, Jesus. I'm going I'm I'm to cast out devils just like you did. Some people only want to do the miraculous. They ain't nothing more miraculous than developing someone into a disciple. Turn them into a Jesus follower. Turn them into somebody who loves the Lord and loves his word and loves his way. Man, when we uh, can get that idea in our head that, man, we're, we've got to, you know, it's like sometimes we're just, I'm waiting for the first one because they look like they need a miracle and I'm going to jump on them and I'm going to pray them through. I'm going to make them shout and fall out on the floor and I'm going to, and we think, and they might, they might do all that. And then they might leave here and still not be any closer to God than they were before you prayed for them. But if you took them out to lunch after you knocked them in the floor and sat down and talked with them a little while and, and loved on them a little bit and let them know, man, let me tell you, it's more to it than this. It's more to it than just that. Oh, we love to shout and worship and run, and we're going to do it. We're going to magnify God and bless his name. But let me tell you, when all that stops, when that music stops and lights are out and you're not in that building, you got to walk with God. And you know what? You need to walk with somebody. He preached about it last week about that unity. Two are better than one. And, and how can two walk together except they be agreed? We need, that means we need to be producing fruit. That is like us. If we can say, if we can proudly say, and I'm not talking about it in an arrogant, boastful way that we're better than somebody else, but man, I am a disciple. I'm a disciple of the Lord. Then we must produce disciples. Yeah. Yeah. We can't just, you know what? I will, I, I can say this safely and it don't really bother me. It'd be pretty cool. I will probably never walk on water. I'm all right with that. Uh, you get in water today, you get flesh-eating bacteria. I don't even want to get in water. But that's okay. I don't, I, I'm not. I will probably never go out to the graveyard after somebody's laid to rest and say, hey, come on up out of there. That's all right. They're going to come on when the Lord comes. It's not needed. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can find that somebody that's brand new, like a baby crying in a nursery. I've been born into this, and I don't know what to do. Somebody's got to feed me. Somebody's got to nourish me. Somebody's got to love me and nurture me and, and, and hold my hands while I'm trying to get my balance. And, and then, then stand, then have enough faith to say, hey, come on. Come on, take a step by yourself. Come on. and Oh, come on now. Let's run a little bit and, and teach them how to live for God. What a waste. What an absolute tragic waste it is to experience the greatest 
gift ever given to men to be born again, born of water and the Spirit and bottle it up and save it. For what? Oh, reproduce it in somebody. Tell somebody, I, hey, you, know, you, you have somebody uh, compliment you, man, I, I really, you know, well, you do this, but hey, I didn't get here like that by myself. I've had people say, yo, yo pastor, uh, man, I, I, you know, I'd really admire sometimes your humility. I didn't get that. <laughs> you know where I got that from? From my pastor. Because they were a, a more humble man alive, in my opinion. He was such a humble man of, of God. And, and uh, I, I watched him, and he talked to me. I would just sit. I can remember, oh, I cherished the times that I would sit in his living room. He was kicked back in that orange recliner. Uh, from the 70s, it, I, I, I've got that chair. They was going to throw it away, and I said, no, you ain't. I said, that, I, said I, I sit and watch that man. I heard a lot of wise words come out of that chair. And so uh, we've still got that old recliner. It, it's, it's rough, but it's, we, I, I'm just going to keep it till the Lord comes back. But those times, just little things, little five-minute conversations of, of him saying something that just stuck in me that made me think, okay, that's what I want to do. Sitting at his dinner table one day, came over for lunch, and he was looking through the cabinets, and, and that is so little to probably anybody else, but I, I saw him looking in the cabinets, and he just said, glory to God. Now, I don't know if he's happy about the oyster stew he just found, or but he just praising God, just in a normal situation, not even in his church clothes, just in his regular sitting around the house clothes, and, and just praising God. I thought, man, just all the time, you know, and, and little things like that. And if you'll take time and, and spend time with people like that and, and teach them, it's, it's going to be so much more. And there'll be so many people. We, we want revival, but what good's revival if it's not producing souls? And, and what good is souls being produced if they're not being given what it takes to stay in this thing? Man, there's nothing like that first initial feeling of, God touching your life and washing your sins away, and you think, man, if heaven's any better than this, I don't know how I'll stand it. But then there's so many people that experience that initial, initial reaction and never make it all the way because some, somebody didn't. And we have way I can't make people. No, you can, and I understand that. I, I've got that. But it ought not be for lack of trying. It ought to not be for lack of trying. All they can tell you is shut up or no. And if you can't handle that, well, you need to grow up a little bit anyway. You know, uh, hey, quit talking about Jesus to me. You just tell them, say, if I'm around you, I'm going to talk about him. And they might say, well, don't come around. Well, there you go. I'll pray for you. Don't you pray for me. <laughs> you can't stop it. I'm going to get up early and pray. I know you'll still be asleep. You, won't, you ain't going to stop nobody. It ought not be for lack of trying. And the thing is, is that anybody, anybody who says that disciple making is not part of being a believer has lost their mind. They are in some old, ancient, traditional kind of religion that don't make no sense because the Bible simply states that we should be making disciples. The church is, I've said it before, sheep produce sheep. A fruit tree is going to produce the kind of fruit it is. If we are disciples and we are trees of righteousness, then we will produce disciples. The church will produce 
disciples. Shame on me if I enjoy my new birth experience all alone. God wants to do more than just take us out of Egypt. Sure, he wants us out of the world. And sure, he wants us in the promised land. He's gone away to prepare a place. But we cannot just be satisfied with going to church. When born again, people of God get satisfied with simply going to church, church is going to become an empty tradition. Because it's going to be a group of people that all got the same thing and never did nothing with it. That's not me doing it. That's the Lord popping us on the head. Hey, because as much as he loves me, he loves the next one. As much as he loves you, he loves the next one. And he's like, how will people know if you're my disciple? Anybody got an answer? When you, when you have love one to another. Well, love is action. Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. If you love people, you're going to be there for them. In, in a lot of ways. You know, one of the things I think about is the deciding factor at that uh, when them books are opened and he's talking about going to the left or the right. The people that's going to the right and entering into joy are the ones that visited the sick and visited the poor and visited people in prison and did, and did things, fed, fed them and clothed them. And, but the ones that the goats heading off to the left where it's real hot, the ones that didn't, didn't do Well, when, when didn't we do that? When you didn't do it to the least of these. And so we have got to, as a church body, not just our thing, but the church as a whole, I'll tell you, we want to get better at making disciples. Hey, let me tell you, we have got dynamic church, no doubt about it. We have great anointed uh, music and singing and, and teachers and, and people that can pray with people. We've got all that stuff. And so when we come here on Sundays, we, we, we're going to have church. But when we leave here, we've got to be pouring into somebody. You know, you, you got hobbies, you know, and you, maybe you spend a little bit of time on it every other day or something. You know, I, I, I like that. So I, I like puzzles or something, you know. So I, I sit down at the table every once in a while and put a puzzle together. And so I spend time with it. Well, if we could just start making discipleship like, like our most absolute favorite, I'm never going to quit doing it hobby. And so I'm going to spend a little time on somebody. It, it don't mean you're going to be teaching five-hour Bible studies every day, but you could call somebody and be their friend. After you invite somebody to church and you, you know, they come in, you talk with them about it. You know, uh, hey, man, you want to go grab some lunch? And then in that lunch, what do you think about church? You know, and Hey, do you mind if I tell you how God got a hold of me? Just talk with them, be a friend, or is there anything I can pray with you about? Send them a text message. At the least, you know, send them some kind of communication. Hey, thinking of you today. Because that shows them that somebody really does have the love of God. And that's the way people that love Jesus act. And, and then that, maybe they'll think, well, maybe I want to act like that. And they just, it, it might be baby steps and sometimes it might be giant leaps. But, 
but as long as they are moving toward discipleship and as long as we are working in discipleship, and, hey, we're not through. And, we're, you know, sometimes I think we just like, like these phones. We just keep getting upgraded. God keeps making us better and better. He makes us better, you know, because we're like, hey, I'm, I'm doing pretty good on this, but I could use a little more of this. Before you know it, you work at it. You see. God will help you with it. You'll get a little better and a little better. Perfect striving for it. Uh, probably, in, and we'll never reach it in anybody's eyes, but uh, just want to be perfect in his eyes. You see me reaching. You see me laying things aside, and you see me loving the people you love. You see me. Jesus ought to see us spending time with the people he died for. He ought to see us spending time not just with one another. We ought to. We got to have fellowship and unity and all that stuff. Absolutely. I agree with it 150%. But I'm telling you that he ought to also see us spending time with the people he died for, uh, the people that don't know him. And then, uh, then as they become babes in the Lord, then we... You know, it, it can't be simply the leadership's position in a church. It cannot just simply be their job to disciple people. We, you know, we, we talk about, you know, that all the time. So people want to drop their kids off of school, and they want, their teach, want teachers to raise their kids. It's not the teacher's job to raise their kids. They're supposed to teach them, teach them what's in that class, and, and, you know, be an example for them, things like that. Sure, I know there's mentors that we had. There's a lot of teachers I had in high school that went the extra mile, and, and I felt like I was actually friends with them. They, I could talk to them if I wanted to, but, um, but it's not their job. They're hired to teach. They're hired to do a job. You know, the things that they need to be learning, I'll be getting learned at home. And so there's a lot of things. How can I possibly, or how can any pastor possibly, spend enough time with every individual to disciple every individual. He can't do it. That's why it's got to be, it's got to explode and go out. And, and, and now, wow, it's just like we talked about on the day of Pentecost. You, you think Peter didn't baptize all 3,000 of them people. And neither did any of them other 12. I don't, they might have got a handful in. But I believe that as people began hearing it, Wow, I got it. Holy Ghost. That man, I got the Holy Ghost just like he, that man just said, getting baptized, going to their homes, telling their families, telling their friends, turning around, helping pray. It was just like in that conference we was at this week. When that altar call happened and people was praying all over that building, man, they were people praying for somebody over here. They just run over here praying for somebody over here. Then that one went over here and prayed for somebody. Boy, you know, man, the whole building was praying for everybody. Everybody was praying for everybody. We had someone like Brother JT prayed his first person through to the Holy Ghost this week. There was a, a little young boy over there need the Holy Ghost that was praying. His mom, somebody was there with him, and she motioned for us to come pray. And so we started praying, and I was praying. Jake was praying, and I seen JT on the outer rim, and I felt like, just felt this nudge, like, man, get him to come pray for this guy. And I popped him. I said, get over here. He got right in front of him. He started. He didn't leave until that boy prayed through. Now, I hope somebody's going to develop that boy. I'm sure they will. I hope wherever he went home to that somebody's going to keep going with it and keep it going but he, oh, you couldn't have, you couldn't have tied JT down with a, a logging chain, brother. I'm telling you, he was excited. He, he was, he'd be knocking people out of the way to start praying for folks. He was like, so, yeah, but uh, it was great. But that's how it works, and that's how it is with discipleship is that, that 
uh, you know, yeah, I, I want to meet everyone that comes. Bring me, when you bring your friends, your family, and introduce me, I want to meet them. And I would love to, if they came here and have that voice to preach to them and, and things like that. But I can't spend time with everybody's friend from school or friend from work. You do that. God saved you too. He filled you with the Holy Ghost too. You got a Bible too. You got a Bible app too. You like coffee too. I can't drink that much coffee. I can't have that many coffee meetings. And I sure can't do that many lunches. So I, I've got to, I'm old now. I can't do that. All I did was eat junk food this week and I couldn't hardly get in his suit today. So it's time to call a fast. Disciples. That's what it's about. The Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. We think that's, I got them prayed through. Like we're kicking them out of the nest. Fly. I ain't got no feathers yet. I want him little blind birds with a mouth wide open. Give me a worm. Huh. Thank, thank the Lord. They just boot us out of the nest as soon as we was born again, naked and flailing around. Yeah, man, let me hang out here and eat a while. Let me grow. Teach me how to fly. Open that door and say, now go get them. Go get who? Go get what? They ain't got no idea what you're talking about. Teach them how to, you know. Uh, and if you know, and and the thing we got, don't be afraid to ask. You know, tell them, hey, if you got a question, ask me. Well, I don't want to fin. I don't want to fin. I want to ask you about this. You know, just ask. If it's you know, uh, if I don't have an answer, I'll find somebody that does. And if hey, if somebody asks you a question you don't know, don't make up something. And then, then bring it to me to unravel. No. Because then I'll say, I, well, I thought they knew what they were talking about. I guess I need to talk to them some more. Um, so just tell them, say, hey, I, I'm not really sure about that, but why don't we, hey, let's meet and have a little Bible study and, and dig in and see what it says. Maybe we'll figure it out together. And if not, we'll go talk to the pastor or we'll get somebody else. And, hey, you may come to me, and I might say, I don't know, but I probably know somebody that does. And I'll call somebody. You know, uh, but just work on this thing together and be disciples. I hadn't even turned a page in this book, I don't think. We, we're just out here but today, but it, I know the, the gist of the lesson. I know what, what it's talking about is that we can't just be saved and stay to ourselves. We were not called to be. You know, what good is, is a, a fruit tree that you just plant because I just like the way apples look? Man, you could be making pie, applesauce. You could be making all kind of stuff or just eat you know, apples and cheese. My wife loves apples and cheese. You know, but nah, I don't want to eat them. I just want to sit here and look at it. Well, that's ridiculous. That's just because you know what's going to happen? They're going to get rotten and fall on the ground and flies and worms and bugs. And, and then when you go to cut the grass, you're stepping on mushy apples. It's a mess. Man, get rid of that fruit. Distribute it. Let people use it. Let people make the most of it. Let it be used for what it's designed to be used for. You know, Jesus came to a tree. He was hungry. Nothing but leaves. Nobody's going to eat fruit from you anymore. Gone. Hey, if we advertise it on the menu, we better have it in the kitchen. 
Yeah. Yeah. If you're walking around like one of them billboards advertising it on, on the menu, don't let them find you with your mouth wide open when they ask you about it. Oh, I don't. Yeah. What is Acts 2.38? It's Acts 2.38. Can you, what's it say? It says Acts 2.38. You, you can't quote it? Shame on us. And don't you want to see people go to heaven? I do. I don't want to be so selfish that I'm knocking people out of the way. This conference was at this week. You see some of that kind of stuff. They're so worried about what they're going to get inside that building that they forget they got the, the Lord. I was talking to them little group of kids around us. I said, y'all remember all y'all got the Holy Ghost last night now while you're up here cutting in line. I said, line jumping just like line. I said, all line jumpers should have their part in the lake that burns with fire. But no, they shouldering by and, 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 and really just bumping through people, just trying to get so I can get mine, I can get mine. And we all going in the same room. In a few minutes, you're going to be down there crying, and just act like you're all spiritual after you just knock somebody to the ground trying to get in here. I hope you're crying like that because there's coals of fire on your head. But see, I don't want to be like that in church. I mean, I'm coming to church. You know, we say that sometimes. Well, I'm coming. I'm about to get my blessing. Well, good. Get your blessing. But when you get it, distribute it. You know, you know every single service, it shouldn't you shouldn't be getting your 45-minute blessing and not talking to nobody or praying for nobody. Yeah. I just, every time I come to church, I'm going to get right here. I'm going to shout and dance, do all that stuff. I ain't going to talk to nobody. I ain't going to pray with nobody. But then be mad if somebody don't pray for you. Or nobody talk to me. You didn't talk to nobody. Both of you got a mouth. It ain't like you're passing mouths back and forth to talk. You both got a voice. Use it. Make disciples. It can be frustrating. It can be aggravating. It can make you mad and have to pray back through. But it's worth every bit of it when you see that soul living for God. It's worth every bit of it if you see somebody that you worked with and talked to and all of a sudden, hey, they, they hop in a plane to go to another country. Mm-hmm. It's worth it all when you see them stand in a pulpit and start preaching a message or you see them pray somebody through for the first time. Oh, Yo, well, if Christopher had not invited JT to, to church, and I would venture to say that for the first part of those first years, that Christopher probably spent more time with JT than anybody did. And JT is who he is today because people have loved him and poured into him and, and sometimes just stood him. He knows I love him. I love that boy. He's got a heart of gold, and he's, he's on fire. He's he like a wildfire. <laughs> but he's going to do great things for the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JT's going to do it. JT's a disciple because people didn't say, man, we can't take you. Get out of here. When he first come in, he was not just hugging, bear hugging and picking people up. We had to work on him. Let's, let's work on that. 
I wish he was in here because I don't feel like I'm talking behind his back, but he can get the CD. He'll hear it. But it's so that you're going to break some little old lady one day, bro. You can't do that. You can't, if you pick them up, and you might break me, so don't do that. And his balance ain't real good, so I don't want him falling with me either. But, man, he's so, you know what he did today? He was here at 10 minutes to 9 to pray. He come out of them services up there. He's fired up. He said, Pastor, I'm going to try my best to be there every, every, by 9 o'clock every Sunday so I can go in the prayer room and pray. He's growing. And he don't have a problem talking to nobody. He's going to make disciples. He's going to do great things for the Lord. And uh, who'd have thunk it? Yeah. Well, it could say that about any one of us. Who'd, who'd have thunk it? Who, who'd have thought? Mm, who would have thought that crazy-looking, geeked-out metalhead would be pastoring a church? Mohawks and earrings and paint running down the side of my head and metal gloves and spikes and all kinds of things. And here I am preaching. But the only reason is because somebody discipled me, spent time with me, called me up out of the blue to talk to me or pray for me or say, hey, how are you doing? Uh, let's get lunch. Let's, you know, it, 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 it's what worked. It's what made it happen. The church fell on me and loved me and people loved me. And, and I knew they were disciples because I saw the love of God through them. And the love of God is action. It's action. It's not just talk. It's not just uh, a sign we wear. It is, you, you can't break the love of God. You can't scuff it up. It, it don't lose its shine. It, it, it'll get through anything. You know what? It's a multi-purpose tool because the scripture said love never fails. It can do anything. You can take love and do anything because it don't fail. I'm going to use love to work on this situation. It'll work because love don't fail. When you've tried everything else, all you need is love. Love is all you need. What's love got to do with it? Everything. I got to get off my MTV. And I love God. And I love people. And Jesus helped me to be a better disciple maker. You saved this wretched, wretched soul. God let me repay that favor in some small way to somebody help somebody. Oh, I know they're going to drive you nuts, and you're going to talk to them, and they, it's just like you're talking to the wall sometimes. It's like they just go right out and do exactly the opposite of what you said they ought to be doing. That's part of it. It's just like kids. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. You know, now they go, and that's broke. And you, See, that's what happened. I said, don't touch it. I told you eight times, don't touch it. And you touched it anyway. And that's, you know, but they learn. They will learn. Just stick with it. You got to be diligent with this disciple making. You got to got to stick in there and 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 just you know what? When you feel like, oh, I can't do it, just let the Lord love on you a while. It'll refresh you, and it'll help you to go on. Remember that Jesus loved you through every one of your stupid mistakes. I'm talking about after you was born again. I'm talking about after you become 
the church. When you was uh, kicking against the pricks, like Paul was, you know, just doing things contrary to the, you, you, this ain't who God called you to be. What do you think you're doing? You know, that ain't what the word of God says you ought to be doing. And then the, the Lord still didn't destroy you, still didn't kick you out, still didn't throw you away. His, his view of discipleship is I'm the potter and you're the clay and I'm going to continue mold you and shape you and as long as you'll stay on this wheel, I'll always be able to fix whatever happens. I'll always be able to take care of you. And so just remember, hey, I'm, you know, we're just like him sometimes. We're, we're, we're like a potter. We're trying to help mold people. And I know we're not God. And again, I, I know you can't, you can't force them. You can't drag them. You know, it's, but, but man, love really works. What's that old saying that so you can uh, catch more flies with sugar than with vinegar or something like that, or honey than vinegar? Well, something like that. Well, you'll, you'll win more people with love than any trick in the world. You got to trick them, just love them. You ain't got to deceive them, just love them. Be there for them. God saved you, filled you with the Holy Ghost. It all you get so excited about it. Somebody else would like to have that excitement too. There's somebody sitting somewhere today that, you know, right now somebody's just alone and probably just crying and ready to give up and wondering, does anybody care at all? Man, don't you wish you could just have a radar to find them people and go knock on their door and say, hey, I do. You know, and what it, how it would change their life if they just knew somebody cared for a moment. And then you, you're on the road to making a disciple of Jesus. Let's stand together this morning. I didn't... I think that probably covered everything that was in this lesson. I think that was probably a little more needed. I want us to, to pray this morning. I mean, really pray. And I do want us to ask God for something. First, I want us to thank him for what he's done for us. But then I want you to pray and say, Lord, I really mean this. Make me a disciple maker. Help me to be better at this. If you're nervous about talking to people, you're not sure what to do, Lord, show me some way that I can make that connection where I can start helping someone be more like you. Because they won't walk exactly as you walk. And they, you know, they may worship different than you worship, but they can serve the same God that you serve and obey that same word that you obey and, and be great for the kingdom of God. So let's lift our hands and just thank you. Aren't you thankful that God spared you, saved you, kept you from dying in your sins? And aren't you thankful that the Lord loved you even after he saved you? When you made those mistakes or, you know, just got sideways a little bit, but he, he didn't kick you out. But he just kept molding and kept shaping. I am, I'm thankful that he didn't kick me out, replace me. 
But now, Lord, let's pray together. We want to be disciple makers. Lord, we want to bear fruit. And we know that if we're disciples, then we ought to be making disciples. So God, help us. Show us the avenues to take. Show us what kind of services to have. Show us what kind of block parties to have. Show us what kind of Bible studies to teach. Whatever it's going to take to win people and keep people and mold people and make them disciples. Lord, show us. Lay it on somebody's heart, God. Because we want to make disciples for the kingdom of heaven. Oh, God, we praise you. Could you just love him for a moment? While she's playing this old song, don't if you wouldn't mind just sing a the course of that and let's just worship the Lord and let this be your heart's cry let this be your heart's cry this morning oh Jesus Get a picture of somebody right now. I'll tell you what, you'll never feel better about your walk than when you're helping others because that's what the Lord wants us to do. When you're reaching out and pouring out to others, sometimes well, I'm going I'm to get empty. God just keeps filling you up. You'll never be more satisfied with your walk with God than when you're helping others. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand this morning. Aren't you thankful for what the Lord's done in your life? We're going to be disciple makers. Amen. God bless you. Let's find a place and pray before the next service. And let's get ready to have some church in this place. God bless you.